Biden met with Putin in Geneva, Congress passes a bill to make Juneteenth a federal holiday, and Jon Stewart exposes the Wuhan lab theory. I'm William Hall, and this is The William Hall Show. All right, welcome back to the show. So let's go ahead and get right into things here. So Biden was meeting with Putin in Geneva just a few days ago. And honestly, Biden looked horrible. He looked very bad, very unprepared for the entire meeting. When you really go back and look at the difference between Biden and Trump, you see a massive difference in the way that they treat world leaders, the way that they present themselves, the way that they carry themselves. And a lot of this is caused by Biden just being an old man. He's a guy that is has, and has been so inconsistent. He's been so weak in the face of his not only the, his enemies, but his allies as well. Biden is just a very weak president. And when he makes certain statements, it calls this to action. It shows it very clearly. So, for example, check this clip out where he's basically telling everybody point blank that he's given the list of reporters to call on. It's about a mutual self-interest. I'll take your questions, and as usual, folks, they gave me a list of the people I'm going to call on. So, uh, Jonathan, Associated Press. First of all, we know that this happens. We know exactly how this works. So, with every situation that Biden has ever been in, they always give him a list of reporters to call on. We know this because he's refused to call on certain outlets in the past. We know because his team controls everything he does. Seriously, everything that Biden does is very calculated. We're going to hear CNN talk about that a little bit later on the show. But the thing is, is that compare this to Trump for a second. Now, Trump very well could have been given lists of people to call on as well. But here's the thing. If anybody had asked Trump at any given point in time, hey, Trump, did you use a list of reporters that your advisors gave you? You know Trump will respond to them and say, that was my list, my list, everyone knows that was the list I used. Like, that's how Trump would basically reply to that, because he's trying to display power in the situation, control over a situation, whereas Biden just openly admits, I'm being told what to do, I'm the puppet, they are the master, and that's how Biden operates. I don't understand how he would in any world expect himself to be taken seriously when he can't even display any kind of strength to anybody. That's the problem. Here's a picture as well of Joe Biden sitting down next to Putin. And you can clearly see that Biden has all of these notes. He's got a book on the table with all of these notes. He has the cheat cards in his hand. I mean, there's nothing that displays a massive amount of strength like having a bunch of cheat cards. I mean, come on. That's basically what's checking out here. Biden is unprepared for this meeting. And Putin, on the other hand, when you look at him and his demeanor, isn't worried about that. He's not concerned about needing these cards and these books and these information. He has it. It's called his brain. It's something that Trump also brought on his way to Russia when he went during his presidency as well. So you really see a massive stark contrast between the way that Biden is carrying himself in these situations and the way that Trump is carrying himself 
in these situations. And, you know, it's kind of a joke that was going around, but it's like, you know, Biden probably has on his card that the first thing at the very top is, hi, I'm Joe Biden, the president of the United States, because this guy has trouble remembering almost everything, as you'll hear about in a second. So first of all, Biden completely loses his mind on a reporter. This reporter was asking him a simple question. He didn't like it. And by this time, keep in mind, he's had a two-hour meeting with Putin already. Putin's already done his, uh, I guess, his questioning by the reporters and everything. And then Biden just finishes questioning, and he's getting ready to walk off the stage. And you have this reporter asking him one more question, trying to get his attention. And he just loses his mind. Why are you so confident he'll change his behavior, Mr. President? Yeah, I'm not confident. What do you do all the time? So when did I say I was confident? You I said, said the next six I months said, what I said was, let's get it straight. I said, what will change their behavior is that the rest of the world reacts to them and it diminishes their standing in the world. I'm not confident of anything. I'm just stating the fact. But given his past behavior has not changed, and in that press conference after sitting down with you for several hours, he denied any involvement in cyber attacks. He downplayed human rights abuses. He even refused to say Alexei Navalny's name. So how does that account to a constructive meeting as President Putin? You don't understand that. You're the wrong At this point, we really have to ask, or really just make the statement that Biden is extremely senile. He's behaving like an old guy that's had too much of a long day, and he's just cranky he's getting upset he's getting mad i mean he's basically just acting like a complete jerk to this reporter by the way telling her that she's in the wrong business if she doesn't understand that i mean listen i know that trump was no friend of the media obviously and, and rightfully so because the media had zero respect for him but it's like biden completely forgets that the media is entirely on his side i mean I don't understand how he forgets that. These people have done everything in their power to get him in office. They've done everything in their power to ask him about what ice cream he's eating. He has no reason to be attacking them, considering the fact that they love him more than anything else. This was their doing. They're the ones that put him where he is today. So it is kind of weird when you see him just getting all cranky and getting upset and cursing and acting ridiculous at just a question. Like, it, it really doesn't make any sense to me at all. And, and the thing is, too, speaking of the media... The media is getting to the point where they're even having a hard time defending Biden. Here's CNN pointing out the fact that Biden is, he's losing it. He's really losing it. And they can't continue to defend him anymore. Before getting on a plane, as you know, all of the really images and the narrative from this summit is set. He wanted to take that off the table. But we have seen uh, President Biden do that frequently. What we've not seen him do is answer questions uh, like that without his aides screaming at him to stop. I have never seen a president covering the last four of them who is so protected by his aides in terms of uh, often not wanting him to answer some questions. Wow, I, I don't know about you, but I am surprised that that is coming from CNN. Of all people, this is CNN here. And, and what they're saying is not just, well, yeah, his aides were cracking down on him, making sure he didn't uh, do anything out or off script or, or, or was always doing what we told him to do. But what they're really saying here is, look, when he's not on script, when he's not being controlled by his aides, this guy is off just out of his mind. He's saying some of the dumbest things. He clearly needs a lot of help from these people. And also what we're seeing is how the media has let him get away with this this entire time. I mean, think about this. 
This is the first time I've heard any of the mainstream media organizations, besides maybe like Fox, actually point out that Biden is being entirely led and controlled by his aides and told when to do things, when to jump, when not to jump, when to respond to certain questions, when to walk off stage. And you also hear him behaving this way. I mean, he's like the grandfather that his grandkids don't want to talk or something. Because every time he gets on a stage or at some meeting and he talks, he says, I'm going to get in trouble for this. I'm going to I'm gonna get in trouble for this. It's like behind closed doors, they're getting onto him like, hey, man, don't talk. Don't do anything outside of these rules that we have set up for you. And when he is off those rules or out going outside of those rules, once again, you very clearly see that he doesn't know what he's doing. Now, granted, you can tell that even when he is following the, the aides best recommendations for him and what they've set up for him to do. But when he's off the script, Biden loses his mind. There's so many clips that it's not even worth playing of him just talking and just literally dead silence. Dead silence. Because he has no idea what's going on. This guy is not fit to run the country. If Trump was doing anything similar to this, they would be losing their minds. They'd have doctors on the network 24-7 talking about how they're experts on dementia and how Trump is mentally unfit to be in office. I mean, they were doing this the whole entire time, saying that he had dementia and everything else. This is the most obvious showing I've ever seen, and they're silent about it. They don't want to talk about it. The thing is, though is that Putin actually made some very surprisingly good points when talking about the United States. Now, there were a lot of liberal reporters there that were trying to slam Putin on all of these things, asking him these stupid questions about what he's doing in Russia. And honestly, they kind of got owned. Here is this reporter asking Putin a point-blank question, and Putin responding back kind of just really in the best way possible. You didn't answer my question, sir. If all of your political opponents are dead, in prison, poison, doesn't that send a message that you do not want a fair political fight? Well, on the question of who is murdering whom, um, people rioted and went into the Congress in the U.S. with political demands. And many people were uh, declared as criminals and uh, they are uh, threatened with imprisonment from 20 to 25 years. And these people were immediately arrested after those events. Uh, on, on what grounds, we don't know, always. The states didn't actually inform us about that. One of the uh, participants uh, were just shot on the spot and unarmed as well. Many countries are going through exactly what we're going through. Let me just repeat, we sympathize with what was happening in the States, but we do not wish uh, that to happen in Russia. I don't think that the media actually expected for Putin to say this. I really don't think that they did. But he did say it. And it was pretty interesting that he did, because if you don't know who he's referring to in there about the woman that was shot by police officers or the Capitol Police officers, he's referring to Ashley Babbitt, who I've mentioned on this show several times. 
the only person, by the way, that actually died at the Capitol as a result of what happened at the Capitol. But it was by a Capitol police officer, not the protesters. Now, Biden got on stage and he completely lied about this and said, well, those are two completely different things, what Russia is doing and what the United States is doing. Those don't compare. That's not true. Okay, it's simply not true because what Biden is trying to point out is he's saying, well, there was this officer that died as a result of what happened. Well, that's just a blatant lie. I mean, that's absolute fake news, if you want to call it that. It's been fact checked. They've had a medical examiner already check with that police officer already and doing the autopsy. That guy died from natural causes. Something entirely had nothing to do with what took place on January 6th in the days following January 6th, by the way, with nobody died. On January 6th, except for Ashley Babbitt, which was killed by Capitol Police officers. That's why he doesn't want to talk about it. But the thing is that Putin knows. He's not stupid, okay? We don't agree with Putin, but he's not an idiot. And you have to give him credit for at least pointing this out. Because really what he's saying is, you, when you have this ABC reporter like, well, why are you imprisoning and killing the, the people that you disagree with, your political opponents? And he's kind of like, yeah, uh, so America did it on January 6th. What's your question? I mean, a pretty good own, if you ask me. The other thing, too, that, you know, he pretty much could answer probably is, uh, why don't you ask Hillary Clinton that same question? I mean, when you look at Christopher or, uh, yeah, that, uh, that other guy recently, just Christopher Sign, in his, in his situation, I mean, how can you ignore that these other situations are taking place in, in our country? Jeffrey Epstein, for example, there's many more to name. So them trying to own Putin on this isn't going to work when he knows what's going on. He talks about Black Lives Matter. He talks about or alludes to Antifa. The point is that he's seeing the violence in our streets all the time. He's seeing the rise in crime. He's seeing the stores getting looted. And, and he's also seeing the United States allowing it to happen. And he's saying it wouldn't be happening here in Russia. Right. Because although, yeah, they don't have free speech. There's a lot of I mean, they can arrest you for tweeting something the wrong way if they really want it to. But the point still is the same. Don't criticize me when you don't even have your situation under control. Right. Don't point out these the, the speck in my eye when you have a log in yours, as the Bible would refer to it as being right. That's basically what he's getting at here. And you have the Democrats literally getting owned on this point at all or in, in all these situations. And, they, and of course, the Democrats are going to refuse to talk about the real situations that go on in the United States, like BLM and all that. They don't want to pay attention to it. So the fact that Putin is aware of it is pretty much an, a good sign. It's like, hey, you know, th it's not just a United States thing. This guy knows what's going on. So don't try to grill him on how government should operate or how to run a society when you can't even get yours right. So one of those interesting situations. But the Biden administration also, in, a, in another bit of story here, uh, wants to crack down on the radicalization of people in the United States. This is a new thing that the Biden administration is trying to push where they're saying, hey, look, if you see somebody you know that's a friend or your family member and they're looking a little bit right wing, why don't you go ahead and report them to the government so we can do something about it, okay? And I'm dead serious here. This may sound far-fetched, like I'm making this up. This is a real report here. So President uh, Joe Biden's administration announced their plans to create ways for Americans to report radicalized family and friends to the government in an effort to fight domestic terrorism. In a conversation with reporters, one senior administration official said, we will work to improve public awareness of federal resources to address concerning or threatening behavior before violence occurs. Okay. 
Keep that part last part in your mind. That this is before violence or anything occurs, okay? The official cited the Department of Homeland Security. So if you see something, say something campaign to stop radical Islamic terror as a domestic possibility. This involves creating context in which those who are family members or friends or co-workers know that there are pathways and avenues to raise concerns to seek help for those who are who they are have perceived to be radicalizing and potentially radicalizing towards violence. So when you read this, does this sound like something, um, I don't know, a dictator would probably try to implement? Because it does to me. I mean, they call Trump a dictator all the time. He was trying to control our lives. Uh, yeah, no, he didn't. That Not even close. But when you are literally trying to crack down on, literally say, hey, report those people that might be reporting or uh, posting some MAGA posts online, report them for being radicalized, and uh, we'll do something about them. That sounds like a dictatorship to me. And, and really, when I was reading the middle part of this, where it was saying and talking about the, the, in the middle statement, it said, we will work to improve public awareness of federal resources to address concerning or threatening behavior before violence occurs. I mean, doesn't that sound like the minority report to you? Because really what you have is a situation where they're saying, you know what? They haven't done anything wrong. They haven't violated any laws, but we're going to pretend as almost if they did, even though they didn't, we're going to assume that they would or will. And it's a pre-crime, right? We can arrest them for something that they might do. How, do, how does that make sense? I, I don't understand that at all. That, that doesn't work for me. Sounds a lot like a dictatorship, like some weird utopian future here. But it goes on and says, the thing is that a radicalized person, when it's talking about the word radicalized in general, it's we have to look at what their definition of that is. Because my definition of it is any group that is resorting to violence to try to push some political idea or whatever it is. But the thing is that when they say radicalized, they're talking about white supremacists. They're talking about Trump supporters. They're talking about anybody that disagrees with them. What they're not referring to is BLM and Antifa, for example. Why is this important? It's important because all you need to do is look at last year. When over $2 billion worth of damages took place, cities on fire, businesses on fire, cars, police cars on fire, stores getting looted, crime rates are still going up to this day. That is happening right now, happened all through the summer last year. And yet you have them talking about white supremacy? Where is that at? What are they even using to refer to that as? Oh, well, it's that, that one white guy in Atlanta that shot up the Asian parlors. Uh, yeah, but he never said it was because of that reason. He actually gave his reasoning for it and it had nothing to do with their race at all. Oh, well, we're just going to assume that was the case because he was white. Meanwhile, completely ignoring the situation when the black guy that I just reported on a few days ago, where the black guy w targeted a bunch of white men, shooting them across two different states, shot all, f five different white men and sp like literally pointed them out. It was like, I'm looking to hurt this person. He literally made the statement. I had to have him when I saw that he was a white male. Like this guy was literally doing these acts, shooting these people because of the color of their skin, a racist black person. Media doesn't want to talk about it. They're not talking about that. They're trying to focus on things that they want to focus on because that is what is poli politically working in their favor. But the point is that it's a lie. It's an absolute lie entirely. So 
I don't trust them at all when it comes down to trying to set this up as if this makes any sense. The language they're using is very different than what they actually mean. And you have to be able to point those things out and see exactly what's going on there. So speaking of just kind of the race relations in the country as a whole, Congress just passed a bill today, or actually it was technically last night, and then Biden's going to be signing it today, with the uh, Juneteenth and making that a federal holiday. Now, I've seen both sides of this issue. I have. And I've seen people that said, you know what, there's no problem with this being something because we can all unite together in understanding that slavery is over, or this is a good thing because it shows that white people ended slavery. Um, and the thing is, is that I'm in disagreement with them making it a federal holiday, not necessarily because of the underlying generalized meanings of it, but really because of the fact that it is the people that is, that are passing this. It's the people that are trying to push this. It's what they're going to, what they're going to use this as. Okay. That's the thing. Because the issue is, is that you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile. And a, people, a lot of people need to understand this. This is the way that the left has been operating for the longest period of time. You give them a little bit, they're going to go way too far. Okay, we, A lot of conservatives gave up on the gay marriage issue and look where we're at now. Now they're talking the trans stuff. That's what's new. That's what's in. That's what's hip. And then they're pushing it on kids now. Where were we at a long time ago when they were trying to approve gay marriage? When they said this has nothing to, nothing to do with the trans activists and whatnot. Well, clearly that was a lie. And this is the exact same thing. This isn't it. If you think this is it, you haven't been paying attention to anything in politics for the past five years. Plain and simple. First problem I have with it is that it's an extremely dumb name. Juneteenth? That sounds like some stupid vocabulary a kid would use that doesn't know the English language properly. How in the world is that okay? How does that make any sense to anybody when you're looking at the actual name of this? First of all, I would prefer that if you're going to start talking about a black holiday or something to to uh, celebrate the ending of slavery, that you use proper grammar to maybe do that instead of some stupid made up word that doesn't make any sense or allude to anything about what's going on. It's referring to June 19th. Okay, that could have been 18th because it just says teeth on the end of it. That's all it is. But... The thing is, is that Juneteenth is already a state-designated holiday in Texas right now, okay? Because this is where it actually took place. So the actual historical context behind this is that Juneteenth is the anniversary of the uh, of when Union Major General Gordon Granger, two years after the Emancip uh, Emancipation Proclamation, arrived in Galveston, Texas, to declare that the Civil War was over and that slaves must be freed. Slavery ended in other southern states before that, but because of how far Texas was away from the Union's power center uh, around Washington, D.C., in the Northeast, there were not enough Union soldiers to enforce Lincoln's order. So, that's all it is. That's all it really is. Now, the problem, too, and, and there were actually a few, I think it was 14 Republicans actually voted against it, rightfully so. Um, you actually had Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, actually voting for it which is uh, not a good look for either one of those. But uh, the issue with this in just one of the other aspects is that it's just the name of it. Because what they're calling this is Juneteenth National Independence Day. Okay? Notice the ending part of that. Independence Day. Now, <laughs> the reason why this is a problem is because we already have an Independence Day. Okay? That can be celebrated for everybody. Anybody can, be, can do that. Anybody can celebrate that. Everybody in the United States should be celebrating that. But what they're doing by calling this Juneteenth National Independence Day, it's like, hey, slaves weren't 
even a part of that until this time. So this is the black Independence Day. And then the, the normal Independence Day, that's just for white people. That's what they're doing with this. The naming is meant to divide. The purpose behind it is meant to divide. Don't believe me? How do I know this? Look at this tweet here. This is from this verified account on Twitter. And they said, quote, I think only black people should get Juneteenth off work. Half black people can leave at lunch. Quarter black people can leave work an hour earlier. And if you are part black, but less than a quarter, you're working all day, but someone will save you a plate. Okay. And and I think they may, may have put this out just kind of in jest. But the point is, is that it's actually kind of coming from a logical place for Democrats. I mean, it doesn't seem that far-fetched at this point, does it? Because a lot of people in the comments are like, yeah, this is a great idea. That's where we're at right now. And some people were saying, hey, if you're white, you need to work a 12-hour shift. This is the conversation going on right now on Twitter, by the way. That if you don't adhere to these things, you must, you must be ostracized. You That if you are white, you are evil. Therefore, you must be punished. Not just you don't get to celebrate it and you're not a part of this, but you must be punished for this. That is the way that these comments are going on Twitter right now. So the thing is that Juneteenth is also a part of the whole CRT or critical race theory, that whole idea of it. And it's already been debunked. That's the problem. They're putting this in there with the CRT stuff. It's a part of that. They're going to use this Juneteenth holiday to then put it in the, te- in the textbooks that are teaching CRT and they're going to say, look, it's validated by the government. They made it a federal holiday. Check it out. It's giving more validation to CRT. We don't want that. I don't want any, we don't need any more racial holidays. I'm sick and tired of it. I'm tired of Pride Month. I'm tired of Black History Month. I'm tired of all of these different things that are set up purely to divide. When I was a kid, Black History Month didn't even mean that much. It was just a month that we all, okay, you know, we made school kind of go through some things of black history, the facts of it. Sure. Okay. Whatever. You know, if you want to do that, whatever, that's on you. But now to add more and more things, it's like everybody gets their own stupid month, but it's only what the left approves it as being. So white people aren't going to get a month. They're not going to get that. They'll be like, well, you already had that. Every other month of the year is your month. Like, this, this is division or divisive in general. It's not right. We don't need this in our country whatsoever. Simply put, this holiday is a white guilt holiday that's going to be filled with anti-white hate. They're going to use this holiday to push their anti-white propaganda, to push the things that they want all over the place. And they're going to say this holiday justifies it. That's what this is about. This is not about uniting people. I get it. If you're looking at it and you're saying, well, yeah, this could, this has to be a good thing because it's helping white people, uh, maybe, maybe making them realize that white people were the ones that helped fight in the Civil War. They don't care about the facts. CRT and everything that the Democrat Party stands for is to literally go against what we know to be fact. If we look at what is the, actually the case, as I mentioned on the last show, they would know that it took white people to even vote to get the slaves free in the first place. They don't care about that. They don't. They're still going around thinking that they're victims. And there's already other accounts, rest assured, I've looked at them on Twitter saying this ain't enough. It's not enough. We need to do more, more, more. Because they view this 
as just being a small blip on the map of all the junk that they want crammed into law. Once again, give them an inch, they're going to take a mile. Guaranteed. We already have an Independence Day. Once again, and it can be celebrated by all races. You don't need to be a specific color to celebrate that. But the way that the left is going about doing this is to cram more identity politics into our culture to make sure that people are all separated and apart from each other with everything that they do. So just a quick reminder that I do have a Patreon page where you can donate directly to the show. And if you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, just please remember to leave a review as it does help the show out. Project Veritas is edit again, this time actually exposing a Fox 26 network. Fox came at my throat for standing up against censorship. In my opinion, you failed as a reporter. From the inside, yes, there's a narrative. Yes, it is unspoken. But if you accidentally step outside the narrative, if you don't sense what that narrative is Mm -hmm. and go with it, there will be grave consequences for you. It's not just about the viewers. It's about what our CEO reads. It's about what our GM reads. My question is very simple. Why are you doing this? It affects the viewers. That's why I'm doing this. The viewers are being deceived by a carefully crafted narrative in some stories. I have passed on Bitcoin stories. African-American audience, of five, it's probably not going to play. That's a choice I'm making, an editorial choice. That seems sort of a racially charged statement to make. I want out of this narrative news telling. I want out of, of this corruption. Are you afraid of doing this? I haven't had a lot of fear about it. I'm, I'm so horrified at what the news business has, has stooped to. So the reporter in this situation's name is Ivory Hecker, and she basically kind of led us up to believe what was going on in this story. She released kind of the details. First of all, announcing it was actually on the news when she was actually talking about an entirely unrelated story. She kind of dropped the bomb on them, and then they literally suspended her right after that. So um, a lot of this was caused because of several different things. She she really wanted to expose what was going on with this Fox network. And before I kind of get into a little bit of that, first of all, to the liberals out there, yes, Project Veritas does in fact go after anybody for any kind of corruption. Look, and I'm no particular fan of Fox, but the thing is, is that the left surely isn't. They really feel like Fox is this right-wing, radical white right-wing uh, network. And yet here Project Veritas is exposing them to it doesn't matter who it is they're being honest with the journalism so a part of this is that her supervisor was actually telling her to cease and desist posting about the hydroxychloroquine which is the treatment for COVID-19 that a lot of people have used before it's been around forever it's FDA approved Trump was trying to push it and because of that reason they basically shut it down they said we're not going to talk about that we're not going to deal with this uh this treatment whatsoever even though you had plenty of doctors going on about how it actually does work. But one of the more troubling, I think, stories in all of this is where the Fox 26 executive told her that a poor African-American audience wouldn't care about Bitcoin stories. The thing is, when I heard this is, uh, I guess, first of all, she's probably right. (laughs) She probably is uh, generally correct about that. Um, And and probably not specifically like a poor African-American audience, but probably a poor any audience doesn't care too much about investing in Bitcoin. But the thing is, is that in general, when you're talking about news, and I know a lot of it's like, hey, know your audience and whatnot, and and I get that. Every network looks at their demographics and makes determinations based off of that. 
the the issue I have here is that you're denying certain stories because of the race of an individual, because or individuals that are watching it, because of the socioeconomic status of those individuals as well. And you're saying, you know what, we're not going to show them anything dealing with this. We're not going to let this very important story get out because of their race and their socioeconomic status. That's problematic because, like I said, I get it. You need to know your audience. You need to know who you're talking to. Sure. That's why there are statistics and analytics talking about these things and showing this. Every network has these reports. But to literally deny stories because you don't feel like they're going to like it is a bit ridiculous. Because what it really talks to, I don't think, is necessarily as much of a, oh, they're just so biased. Really what this is, is kind of this corporatist behavior. uh, Kind of this corporatism kind of outlook where this company is saying, hey, people aren't watching these segments, so we're going to need to not talk about that so that we can boost viewership. They're only concerned about money, their own wealth, about viewership, about numbers, but not about the truth. That's the thing. They're not concerned about the truth at all. They're not concerned about getting stories out there that are actually important for all people to know. They just want to do whatever is going to keep people stuck to their or glued to the TV at that given point in time. So it is an interesting thing. Definitely go check out, watch the full video because there's so much in there to unpack. I can't do it all in this video, but still a very good report coming out from Project Veritas on this issue. In another story, uh, Jon Stewart is a comedian. He's been around for a long time, uh, was on... Uh, Colbert and there was this big outrage over everything that he was saying but to be honest with you he was starting to make a lot of sense and it was absolutely hilarious I, I, and I honestly mean this I think we owe a great debt of gratitude to science science has in many ways helped ease uh, the suffering of this pandemic uh which was more than likely caused by science. <laughs> so, and that's kind of. Hold on a second. No, 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 no. Not, listen, listen. I'll, it's I'll, coffee. I wouldn't I'm, do that. I wouldn't for, do that to you. I'm so what, what do you? Takes, but what do you? What, 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 what do you mean by? Do you mean like well, so this was, perhaps there's, there's, there's a chance that this was created in a lab? There's an investigation. A chance. Well, but I'm, I, so, I, 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 oh my if God. there's evidence, I'd love to hear it. There's I just don't a know. novel respiratory coronavirus overtaking Wuhan, China. What do we do? Oh, you know who we could ask? The Wuhan novel respiratory coronavirus lab. The disease is the same name as the lab. <laughs> that's, just, that's just a little too weird, don't you think? And then they I, ask I, those scientists, they're like, how did this... So wait a minute, you work at the Wuhan... Respiratory coronavirus lab. How did this happen? And they're like, mm, a pangolin kissed a turtle. <laughs> and you're like, no. I, you, you, the wait, name wait. of your lab. Wait. If you look at the name, look at the name. Can I, let me see your business card. Show me your business card. Oh, I work at the coronavirus lab in Wuhan. Oh, because there's a coronavirus loose in Wuhan. How did that happen? Maybe a bat flew into the cloaca of a turkey and then it sneezed into my chili and now we all have coronavirus. Like, come on. Okay, wait, okay, a, wait, okay. A, wait a second, wait a what second. What about this? What about this? Listen to this. Wait a second. All right. John. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. There's been an outbreak of chocolatey goodness 
near Hershey, Pennsylvania. What do you think happened? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Maybe a steam shovel made it with a cocoa bean. Or it's the chocolate factory. Maybe that's it. That could be. That could be. That, that could By be. By the way, Let me... I gave them all tuberculosis. Just yes. That could, that could very well be, and Anthony Fauci and Francis Collins at NIH have said, like, it should definitely be investigated. Don't stop with the logic and people and things. The no, name of the disease... Wait a second. Wait a second. the building. Wait a second. But I, I, it could be possible. You could be right. It could be possible that they have the lab in Wuhan to study the novel coronavirus diseases because... In Wuhan, there are a lot of novel coronavirus diseases because of the bat population sure, no, there. I understand. It's, it's like the same. It's like, a wait local a specialty, and it's the only place to find bats. You won't find bats no, anywhere it's like else. Oh why? wait, Austin, Texas has thousands of them that fly out of a cave every night, every night at dusk. Is there a, a coronavirus in Austin? Coronavirus? No, it doesn't seem to be in Austin. Coronavirus. <laughs> the only coronavirus we have is in Wuhan. Yes. Where they have a lab called... What's the lab called again, Stephen? The Wuhan what? Novel Coronavirus Lab. I believe that's uh -huh. the case. And now, how long have you worked for Senator Ron Johnson? Let me tell you something. <laughs> All right, honestly, that has to be, like, the funniest thing I think I've seen on the regular mainstream television in a long time. And that's sad to me. That really is sad because, really, it's a situation, I think, that we all need to look at where we're saying... You know what? Like, maybe we need comedy like this again, where we can say just about anything and just make common sense, logical arguments and make it hilarious. That's all that should matter. Now, on to more of what he's actually talking about. Think about Trump here. Trump talked about this a lot. He constantly referred to the virus as the Chinese virus, as the Wuhan virus. He did this because he didn't want China or that lab to get away with everything that they had done. It did start there. That we do know. And I've mentioned it several times that if China actually told the truth about this virus from the very beginning, the world would have been much more prepared for it in the first place. But they lied because they're a communist government and were trying to suppress this information. And as a result of that, a lot of people died that didn't need to because they had no idea that it was even really what was going on. We didn't know how severe it was or anything. But Colbert is worried here. He's getting scared because he knows that YouTube will ban him for this, will ban that video for this, that left-wing people will try to cancel him for this. So he's trying to rein him back in. But it's like, you know what? At the end of the day, I'm, I'm still excited to hear about this. I'm st I still love seeing this clip. It's, it's so funny. It's so hilarious what's actually being said. And it's also truthful. And, and like people say, it's funny because it's true. It just makes so much sense. That's all you have to do is actually look at it like that. You know, the thing too is that Trump also made a statement where he said, you know, that, that name gets further and further from China every day. And, and that was kind of one of the clips that he talked about that as well. And he's so right because what John Stewart is doing here is he's bringing that name back to the virus and connecting the link here. The link that Democrats have been trying to sever forever. That's why they got so mad at Trump. They wanted to call him, oh, he's racist for saying it's uh, China. He's, he's uh, all about Asian hate or something. No, that wasn't what it was. It was because they didn't want people to know that it came from China. 
They didn't want to hurt their overlords in China and the Chinese communist government. They didn't want to, to hurt their feelings about this. And they hated that Trump had an international stage to consistently say this. So no matter how much work Democrats did to change the narrative, to change the narrative, to get your mind, uh, get China separated from the virus, that Donald Trump was going to just go right in, right beyond them and say, Chinese virus, and just say it right on national TV. They couldn't, they couldn't stop that. They couldn't. But that's the point that really made Trump really get, get, I guess, get closer to home when it looks at, when you look at the situation, because Trump knew he knew that it was going to be an important issue. And this is exactly what we're seeing right now. Now I've had videos removed talking about the coronavirus, things that six months ago you weren't able to talk about. You can talk about now because the CDC's changed things. Things that you can't talk about today will literally change in a week. It's too like inconsistent on the CDC's part for YouTube to be trying to crack down on stuff like this. But that's exactly why Colbert is trying to rein him back in on these issues. It's counter to everything that Democrats are trying to push. That's the fact. And and the thing is, is that Jon Stewart is a liberal. It's not like he's like some Trump supporter or anything like that. But the guy's an actual comedian. He's not afraid of being funny, being truthful, making obvious logical connections between the virus and where it came from. It's in the name, you know. He's not afraid to do that. And I at least have to give him some credit for that because it is extremely, extremely hilarious. Not only with him saying what he's saying, but to see Colbert over there sweating as he's trying to figure out what in the world to do to get this guy to calm down. The Supreme Court has not exactly been the pinnacle of good decisions lately. I think that's very obvious for most people at this point. They recently decided to uphold Obamacare as well now. Um, and, but they did make an actual good decision. They did make a good decision today. And that was to side with the Catholic agency in a foster care dispute. So this was dealing with a, an issue between a foster care agency and who they could basically give these children out to. So the Supreme court on, uh, just today on Thursday, unanimously sided with a Catholic foster care agency that says its religious views prevented from working with same-sex couples as foster parents, which is common sense, a part of how any religious-based organization would operate. And um, so this is all from a an issue that was raised in 2018 from a newspaper reporter that the agency would not certify same-sex couples to become foster parents. The city has said it requires that the two dozen plus foster care agencies it work with not discriminate as part of their contracts. The city asked the Catholic agency to change its policy, but the group declined. As a result, Philadelphia stopped referring additional children to the agency. The thing is here is that this should have been common sense. It's not really discrimination. This is the problem when you make um, these the homosexuality or transsexuals and whatever else they want to classify next. This is the problem when you make them this protected class, is that you have to forego the rights of religion of being a religious person of having a religious company or religious agency you have to let you have to pick one over the other right and ultimately the first amendment is all obviously first of all protecting speech but it's secondly protecting the freedom of religion and the thing is that left-wing people hate that they hate it so much and they want to change everything there is about that so they're saying it's against the religious beliefs, obviously, to have same-sex couples 
adopting children from a Christian or Catholic agency. And they're saying, and the, and what the left-wing people are saying is that, no, it shouldn't be that way. That's discrimination. They should be thrown in jail for this. And that's where we're starting here. So, first of all, it is good to see that the Supreme Court voted in favor of this uh, Catholic agency. But it goes on where there is a statement from the actual agency saying there is no record that at any time a same-sex couple has ever worked or ever asked the agency or asked to work with the agency. So, in other words, there was never a couple that even approached this Catholic agency whatsoever. It was just some random guy that said, hey, they're Catholic, they don't believe in this, so I'm just going to go ahead and try to shame them for it. They did say, in such a case, the couple would have been referred to a different group. Catholic Social Services has said, also, that because of its beliefs, the Catholic agency does not certify unmarried couples, right? They're not going to give children that have had a bad life or, or whatever, the neglected, whatever the situation may be, to a single mother, some of, this, some of these things are just common sense. A lot of it is biblical. That wasn't the structure that God had set up for the family. To have just a single parent or whatever. Even though things happen. And especially to put a, a child that needs structure in an unstructured situation doesn't make sense either. And what they're saying here is, look, if a gay couple had approached us, we would have just told them to go somewhere else. It's a free country. That's why we're not the only foster care agency out there. But this was something that was literally a journalist trying to attack them, trying to scrape them under the rug and say, you know what? These people, they won't do this. They won't help or allow for gay couples to do this because it's against their religious beliefs. That's discrimination. Now, don't be surprised if you don't start seeing this stuff at your churches, any other religious organizations, religious schools, you name it. They're going to start doing this because... Not because some person actually tried to fight for it to happen, but because they can get away with it. There was this uh, story that Thomas Sowell was talking about where uh, he was talking about the equal opportunity for employment and how there was, I think it was with Sears, there was this uh, lawsuit that was brought up against Sears where the they were saying that women, their women's department was discriminating against women somehow. And that there, I don't know, maybe it was the selection of the clothes that they had or something like that. Somehow it was discriminating against women. I think it was because the price of women's clothes were marked up a little higher because women value clothing a lot more than men typically do and are willing to pay more money for clothes than men are typically willing to pay for. But that's beside the point. So they put up this lawsuit against Sears. And Sears effectively is trying to fight this thing off. They're paying all this money. I think it took them like 10 years to get this thing settled out finally. But the thing was that when they actually looked into the report, Name one person, name one woman that came forward and said, hey, I feel like Sears is discriminating against me because of the prices or whatever the reason is. There wasn't one. At no point did the judge or anyone else have to prove that a woman had a problem with the prices in the store. It was just this other entity saying, hey, we've got a problem with it, even though we can't find one witness that substantiates our claim. Or has a problem with it, for example. They couldn't find one and they didn't need to find one. That's the problem that we have in our country right now. And you're going to see the same kind of thing start happening with these uh, with these other religious organizations where they don't need you don't need to have a, a gay person apply to be preacher at a church. They can just sue you for it. And and hope that they can get a discrimination charge on your back on, on you for it. 
That's scary. It shouldn't be happening at all. Like, at least let there be somebody that tried to do it first. Because, but once again, it's all about the optics. That's all this is about. Bring it to the Supreme Court for no good reason whatsoever. But with that being said, that is all I have for you on this show. I hope you have a great weekend. But with that being said, I will see you on the next one.